Amen. Amen. So this, this word came to me, and uh, I, was just, I was just really meditating on it because this is something that it's taken me a while to really grab hold to. Um, and it's taken me a while because of a lot of things um, that happen, has happened in life, things that come against it. So the title of this message is God's Giving Word. Uh, now, I talked to a brother Isaac here uh, uh, quite a bit, and I can tell you, in any prophecy that he had spoken over him, it could have been 20 years ago, he hold tight to that word. And, and I said, that's how we need to be. We need to hold on to those God-given words, those words that are inspired by God, that are spoken through the man of God as the Holy Ghost moves upon him. You know, for, for, you know, hold on to that word. So I think about a child. And if you tell a child, look, after you do such and such, I'm going to reward you. Hey, that child is going to do everything they can possibly do. Make sure they get that reward. And they're going to remind you, you know, you said you was going to give me that surprise. You was going to give me that, that thing if I did what you said to do. And they value that word. And we serve a God that's a great God, a holy God, a loving God. And he gives us what we stand in need of. He knows us better than anybody else. He knows what we stand in need of. So if we can turn to 2 Peter, Peter 1 and 3. 2 Peter verse, uh, verse 1, no, chapter 1, verse 3. And it says this. According as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. Amen. He's given us all things, not some things. He's given us all things. He's given us what we need so we can be kept. Amen. And we have to have a value to the words uh, that he gives us, to the thing that he imparts into our heart. We have to value them. See, if we don't value God's word and his given word to us as individual. His given word to us as a church, his given word to us concerning our purpose, if we don't value that, then we'll throw it away with the trash. We'll say, yeah, God said it, but, you know, I don't believe it. God said it, but, hey, this happened, that happened. I don't see how that can come to pass. But God's word, we have to value. His given word, we have to value. We know that in John 10, 10, and we know that's a familiar scripture, it says, but the thief cometh not but to kill, steal, and destroy. See, when that word is planted in our heart, that God-given word, we have to protect it. Because we know whether it's, 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 it's uh, somebody letting the devil use them to try to take that word, whatever it is, we have to hold tight. We have to value that word. We have to guard that word. This is a word that's going to bring life to you, life to you, life to your family, life to those connected to you. So we have to hold on and value that word. We have to. If we can turn to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 4 and 12. And this is, this is uh, talking about the word here. It goes on to say, for the word of God is quick. It gives life. That's what quick means. It gives life. 
and powerful. So that word is quick, it's giving life, but it also has a power that goes with it. And it goes on to say, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now, that's a close connection there. Of soul and spirit, it can tell the difference between the two, where the line is drawn. And of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So that word of God can even show us what's that person's motivation. What is that motivation? Because we know if it's not love, then that's, that's an ill intent. It has to be through love in terms of that motivation. Even if you're correcting somebody, it has to be out of love. So the thoughts and intents of the heart and the joints in the marrow, that's, that's deep right there. Just think about that. That's deep. Even the thoughts. Wow. But that's the word of God. It gives life. Uh, but what is in your heart, it will come out. We know that in Matthew 12 and 34, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, so out of the abundance of the heart, we have to be mindful of what we allow in our heart. We have to have our gates up, our gatekeepers up to make sure that we're not letting junk go into our heart. Because the Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. So that tells you it's so important that we would protect our heart. Above all things, protect that heart. Don't let that heart go. Don't let anything just come into your heart because there's a price to pay for that. Now, there are spirits in this world, and um, we have to realize that uh, these spirits of the Antichrist, uh, against God, they're coming from one thing and one thing only. They're coming to try to devalue that word in your life. They're coming. It's coming. Through circumstances, through whatever, but it's coming. And so we have to hold tight that word, value that word, because they're coming to steal that word. Uh, let's turn to Ephesians uh, 6 and 12. Ephesians 6 and 12. Now, this is a familiar scripture to us, um, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. It says that, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not. Right there is a revelation in itself. Because how many people think that it's the people that's coming against you? Oh, such and such don't like me. Oh, they did that to me. No, it wasn't them. It was them allowing the, uh, a spirit to utilize them. So you can't function in this world without a body if you're a spirit. You know, you got it. That God works through us. And whoever yields themselves to the devil, the devil works through them. Can't function without a body. So it tells us here, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That tells us right away what we need to be preparing for, what we need to get at too. I think it was on Sunday and, and Pastor was preaching a message and he was talking about Peter, uh, how, how Jesus called Peter Satan. Satan, get thee behind me. So he understood. It wasn't Peter, but Peter had availed himself to be used by Satan. And so he had to call him out. Satan, get thee behind me. 
And we have to realize that when we're dealing with people in circumstances, that they're allowing a spirit to use them if it's not the spirit of God. So God is letting us know that we rouse not. It talks about principalities. That's high up, principalities. Against powers, against rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. See, these are the things that we wrestle against. We wrestle against, and I tell you a secret here. The higher you go in God, the higher the, the devils that's going to be attacking you. You know, you think about it. Um, when you first get saved, it's not too many big devils looking at, at you to, to come at you. It's a little small things, you know. Uh, are you serious about your commitment? So maybe you were a person that used to drink. Then that, that alcoholic demon is going to be there. If you was a person that... At one time, like, you, you used to smoke weed. You know, whatever that vice was, that's what it's going to be. It's not going to be anything major like your ministry I'm coming against. No, it's those little simple things that talks about your character. See, have you ever been around a person that, um, as the old people say, my great-grandma used to say, that charm the socks off you, you know? Uh <laughs> It, it, it's, it's witchcraft. So a charming spirit. If you ever been around a charmer that you, you have certain things that you say, no, I'm not going to do this. And that person can come around and say, hey, you know, sweet talk to you, whatever. Hey, uh, and you end up doing something you said you was not going to do. They charm you or you go to a place and the Holy Spirit tells you, don't go back to that place. And you go back and you feel it drawing you, pulling you in. That charming spirit is, 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 is kind of, it, it's not a harsh spirit. It's an easy spirit to kind of just pull you on in, pull you in. And then before you know it, you're trapped. So we have to be aware of these things. Uh, we have to definitely be aware. I think about in terms of when I call it witchcraft, I was thinking about a couple of different things that, you know, I remember when I was out in the world and, I, I used to use the argue, argument, and I heard it used before. Hey, weed is not bad. It's grown uh, in nature, so it can't be bad for us. God gave it to us, you know. But I can tell you this, whether it's weed, alcohol, whatever that vice is, if it changes your fortitude, that what you say you won't do or, 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 or will do, if it changes any of that, that's witchcraft, okay? If it changes your will. Because we call people that drink alcohol, we say that's liquid courage, you know. Because they'll say some things that they wouldn't normally say if they wasn't drinking, right? Have y'all experienced that before? I know I have. I have. And so we have, to, we have to realize that we have to be careful of what we allow to kind of change our fortitude. To change that thing that God, that given word that God has spoken into your life. That you got to hold tight to it. You can't let it waver, and you can't do things that would compromise that word in you. Amen? Now, I was reading the story of uh, 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 Absalom, uh, David's son, and Second uh, Samuel, you don't have to turn in, Second uh, Samuel 15 and 6. And it said, Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. See, David was the king. David was the one that was the ruler. But he said, Absalom came along, his son, and he stole the hearts of the men of Israel. See, now, already now, you put David in a bad situation. 
Now he has to deal with you. His son, he got to deal with you. And it's just like that. Um, it's just like that with any other thing that finds itself in a place where only God should be. See, that's an idol. And a lot of times we don't look at things as being idols. But if they're in a place where only God should be, that's an idol. And now God has to deal with that thing. He has to deal with it. So David ended up going to war uh, to, to uh, get his son. Now, he didn't have in mind that he wanted to just kill his son, but he was hoping through the process that his son would just be captured, wounded, but not killed. And we can read that in, uh, let's turn to Second Samuel uh, chapter 18. Uh, verse 19. And it goes on to say, uh, the son of uh, Zodak, okay, let me see. Okay, where I want to start this at. Because um, that's quite a few verses. So what had happened here, what has happened, um, they had to go to war. And um, so David men went out uh, to fight against him, to fight against his son. And I, I pulled this story because as I was studying, this really showed me in terms of that word, that God-given word. A lot of times you can be in situations, and if you don't have that God-given word, you don't have anything to stand upon. And the Bible tells us after you've done all you can't stand and stand therefore. So that word is what we have to stand on. And so and so it is here. Um, the battle had went on. And the men uh, had to go tell. At that time, every time there was a battle, the king wanted a report. Kind of, you know, how's the battle going? Did we win? What has happened in the battle? And... As I was reading the story, the thing that I thought most about was everybody don't have the same word that God gives that God gives individual words to people, and that word sustains you so we we have here um, that Absalom he, he ended up dying in the battle. Uh, he was killed, and the king wanted to know. Uh, and he, he goes on to say um, the how and why on how his son was killed. Um, but um, um, Emma, uh, let me see, is um, Emma Himas uh, wanted to run. Generally, who ran was the Cushite. Uh, he used to, he was the messenger that always ran back. But in this case, somebody wanted to run that didn't have the word. And he, he told, he asked, hey, let me run. Let me run, uh, Ahimelech. Uh, let me run. He was the son of the high priest, the Zodak, son of a Zodak. And we know that the Zodak were warriors in the, in the, in the temple. They had warriors in the temple, the Zodak. Uh, they were priests. They were priests, but they were warriors. They didn't play. So you'll see certain times when things happen, and the Zodak showed up to throw them out. 
but they were they were the uh, they were a priest, but they were like a warring priest. They didn't play. So this guy, he was a son of um, of the Zodak, Zodak, and um, so he wanted to run and tell. And uh, so the guy told him, "Look, you don't even have the word. You don't have the word to go tell the king anything." And said, well, he, "I want to run. I want to run. I want to run." And so the king told the Cushite, you, you know, you go and tell them what you saw. And we'll see that in verse 20 through 24 uh, of that same chapter. And that's, uh, it goes on to say, so he took off running. Now, because he always ran, he didn't necessarily go the easy way. He went through the mountains. He went to rough places because he had the word that was going to sustain him to get there. So here is Ahimelez uh, uh, again. I want to run. I want to run. So the guy said, okay, go ahead and run then. You know? Well, he outruns the Cushite because he went the easy way. He went the way of the plains, the Bible says. See, when God is giving you a word, you can go through anything. You can go through the rough side of the mountain. You can go through it because you got that word of God that's sustaining you. But if you ain't got that word, you're taking all the shortcuts you can because there's nothing to sustain you. So he took the way of the plain and he beat him there, as the Bible goes on to say. See, there is a, a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end, therefore, is destruction. So he wanted to run, so the bad just let him go ahead and run. All right, so um, he ran, and as I say, he ran the way of the plain, the easy way. Cushite ran, hit the mountains, everything. So here we are. So as he gets to the king, the king asks him, uh, "Do you have the word?" And uh, his, his answer was no. So the king said, step to the side. Now, you did not ran the person that was purposed to do this. You took the easy way. You took the shortcuts. You went for the shine. But when you got into the place where all the things that God had uh, wanted you to go through for you to be able to stand in that place when you got there, now, because you didn't have the word, you don't have the ability to stand. So we have to really take that as heart. Um, the Bible goes to say in uh, Proverbs 25, 11, it says this, a word fitly spoken, fit, fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a picture of silver. And you think about that. That's a beautiful sight. It, everything is right in place. It looks good to the eyes, appeasing. And in Proverbs 15 and 23, it goes on to say, a word spoken in due season, how good it is. See, when God gives you a word, it's in those times, and there will be trying times as we live out this life, as we are moving toward our purpose. There'll be those times that, you know, maybe you don't understand the test that you're going through. Maybe you don't understand the people that you're around. You don't understand it, but you know God gave me this word. And it's going to allow you to stand. You might do some crying. You might do some I don't understand it, why me? But 
guess what? That word that God gave you is enough to keep you through those times. So we have to hold true to that word. Amen? So, of course, when Cushai got there, he knew exactly what to say. See, he had been around the king. He know he couldn't just tell the king, yeah, we killed your son. Look, they'd all died saying that. So he had to word it just right. Your enemies that rose up against you are all now, you know, they're, they're no longer there. So he didn't even tell the king that his son was dead. See, in those days, you had to be careful how you talk to the king. You know, if the king didn't call you and you entered his presence, you can end up dying right there. So we have, to, we have to be careful and really understand that our God-given words that we have, that God has given us, whether it's through the man of God, through your meditation, in prayer, through, through uh, praise and worship. I've gotten words, I have, get, I have gotten words before in praise and worship, you know, words come to me and God may say, be still at this time or, or what have you. But that word is enough. To sustain me through those desert places of life. See, we, 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 we go through those desert places and we're tempted to give up. But we remember, like David did, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord at those times on that word that he's given us. That God-given word. Amen? All right. And then we go on to uh, Arubabon in his time of prayer. And praise, he received a word. And this is, let's go to uh, uh, 1 Kings chapter 13. 1 Kings chapter 13. Because I thought this was good too. You know, a lot of times when I get a word, and I'm so excited about the word that God has given me. And I'm just like, oh yeah, I really see that. I'll be wanting to say, you know, I want, like, y'all to see what I see, how it is uh, uh, a God-given word. It's something that sustains you uh, through the desert times. It's something that sustains you through whatever you go through. You you can handle it because God is giving you his word. So I want to turn here to, um, I said, 1 Kings. First Kings, uh, the 13th chapter, in the first verse. All right. All right, and it goes on to say, And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah, out of Judah, uh, by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Bethel means your place of training. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord. And he said, O altar, O altar, thou saith the Lord, behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David. So in his time of prayer and praise, he received the word uh, from the man of God. He received the word. And, uh, it's, it's good to know that that, um, that God gives us words in those times as well, in that time of prayer and praise. And as the man of God received the word, uh, 
he goes on to say, uh, hold it just because others may not uh, like the word. God sometimes tell you to hold the word that he's given you because sometimes we can speak too soon and we can cause attacks on ourselves. You know, when you think about the devil, the Bible said his wisdom is corrupt. He don't know everything. He's not like God. He's not all seeing, all knowing. He don't know. And sometimes it's you talking, getting it out there in the atmosphere that he realized now, oh, okay, I didn't see that. Because the Bible tells us that if, they, if he would have known that Jesus was, was dying for the sins of the world, he would have never got, let that happen, right? And so it is in our lives. We got to realize that he's been around a long time. His wisdom is corrupt. And he sees patterns, right? So if you're talking a lot, because sometimes God gives us those moments where we need to be still and not talk, but meditate on that thing. Like uh, I think it was um, Mary, and he said she pondered that thing in her heart. You know, and sometimes that's the time we just ponder it. We, we, we're, we're putting roots in it, letting it grow deep. We're not putting it out there too soon to, so we won't be attacked with some things that we put out there. And now we brought some different trials on ourselves that we, we wouldn't, uh, God didn't put there for us. And I've been in that situation that, you know, hey, I, I talk too much. And I had to go through those different trials and tribulations that that brought on because it wasn't the time to be talking. It was the time to hold that God-given word in my heart. Amen? All right. And it goes on to say, um, and, and the king, he, so, so God told him, go tell the king this word. The king didn't like the word. He didn't like the word. So he reached to grab the prophet. And when he did, his hand drew up. All right? See, because God is protecting us if we do what he tells us to do. And so his hand grew up. It dried up, the Bible says. Another version said it was paralyzed. So it took the prophet, that prophet that had that word, to restore the young, the young man's hand back again. But God gave him an order as well. So here we have a man that God has given him the word, this young prophet. God has given him the word. He goes and does what God tells him to do. The man reaches for him. His hand dries up or he's paralyzed. And, and, and uh, he asks God to restore the man's hand, and he's restored. But God told him, once you do that, he said that he was to eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way he came. I turned around the same way he came. All right? So, and that's verse 9 that we'll see that. So, God gave him strict, a strict word, and that word kept him when the king was trying to reach for him, right? His hand with it. So, that word was in operation. But now, and see, sometimes this is what happens to us. In verse... Um, in verse 11, it tells us that there was an old prophet in Bethel. And that old prophet, you know how sometimes you, you, you be around people, religious people, they, you know, hey, I've been in this way 40 years. I've been in this way. 
for a long time. You're young in this world. You know, I've been in here. You've been in the way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and look, I'm telling y'all now, it's, it's a lot of people going to be departing from, this, from the world uh, this year because they've been in the way of God's move, his new thing that he's doing. And see, if you don't change and you become so institutionalized, institutionalized in your thinking and in your habits that you don't allow your heart to be pliable to God, then you, you're asking God again. He got to deal with that because God is a progressive God. And the things that he wants to do, you know, if you standing in the way, we got to move you out the way. Well, God has to move you out the way. All right. So. Uh, look for that this year. We, we, we've gone into the year. Uh, we haven't been a couple of months into the year. And some big-name people have died already. You know, I'm not saying all of them were in the way, but I'm just saying some big-name uh, uh, pastors and big-name Christian entertainers have gone already. And I think it's going to be a lot more this year. So we have to just be mindful that we don't ever get to the point well, we just become not pliable in God's hand. So this old prophet, he goes on to say, look, I'm a prophet too. Now, you got your word from God. You got your God-given word that you're holding on to. And he goes on to say, look, I'm a prophet just like you, you know. And an angel told me. <laughs> so he even changed the direction, just like the Garden of Eve. You know, you, uh, like Satan told uh, Eve. Uh, you surely, are you sure, you know, more or less questioning God, are you really going to die? Is it you're surely going to die? No, that's not what's going to happen to you. And so this old prophet goes on and tells this young prophet uh, that an angel spoke to him. And this was a direct word against what the young prophet was given by God. And we just have to be mindful of that. I know standing on this word. It's hard sometimes because all the shine in the world, because sometimes it takes something to hold true to that as things come against come against you. But you got to hold true. So anyway, so the young prophet goes back, doesn't do what God says, and he's killed in the process of doing something different. Now, as as I read that story, I could just relate so many instances as it became Absalom, as it became Jeroboam, that God gives a word. And we have to be so mindful of that God-given word that if we go against that word or we, we don't hold that word or value that word, then what happens is now we find ourselves in compromising situations. We find ourselves in battles that we shouldn't even been in anyway. So we have to be so careful of that. The scripture, uh, I love the scripture in um, uh, 1 Samuel 2 and 3, if we can turn there. And this is one of the scriptures to me that just stands out. You know, I remember uh, being young in the Lord. And, uh, and I was, uh, I guess I would say kind of arrogant, kind of cocky, you know, I was, <laughs> and this scripture right here, I heard, and it just really 
paralyzed me to really look at myself. And it says this, talk no more so exceedingly proudly and let not arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge and by him actions are weighed. Uh, that's deep. You know what I'm saying? That, that right there, I, can't, I think it can locate us all because it's the actions God is looking at. God knows by your actions if you are valuing his word, as you're valuing his word, his will, his word, or if you're valuing the word that's given to you by him. See, he knows by your actions whether you are, are valuing that word. See, because when you believe something, I think it's in the Amplified. I like to read uh, John 3.16 in the Amplified. And it goes like, you believe on, rely on, trust in. See, all those things are, are, are attributes or different ways, of, uh, I say deeper levels, as you trusting in the God-given word to you. You believe on it. You rely, that means you act on it. You're trusting it, that means you're a stand on it. So God has given us these words uh, uh, in our lives. If, if, he has, if he has called you to be in the fivefold ministry, if he's called you to be uh, uh, um, whatever he's called you to be, whatever he's called you to do, if he's told you you're going to be singing my praises all over the world, that you're going to bring many to the Lord by your testimony, by what you do, by your evangelism, or by you going on a mission, you know, maybe some people have that in their heart to go on a mission um, for 10 years and what have you. <laughs> but whatever it is, you got to hold that word true to your heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking. So we have to hold that word, or that God-given word. And really, you know, that's, that's really all that God was giving me, just the fact of really, you know, encouraging the people and encouraging myself to hold on to that word. I, I gave my life to Christ back in um, 80, 88, 88. And I, I was in a church, loved the church, and... Um, um, 10 years later, uh, I ended up moving to another city. Uh, and, uh, but I'm telling you those first words that God gave me, I'm still living off them today. You know, I find that, uh, that like even the songs around that time, there's a connection to because God was speaking through me with those songs back then. It was the whinings witness, you know, all these groups and, uh, and, their, and their songs commissioned. And so I, I connected with them and the words that they spoke concerning me. Those was personal words to me. So I find myself now, if I'm on a uh, ride on a long trip by myself, guess what I listen to? The wine and commission because it, 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 ministered, it ministers to my heart. And so in those same words... Um, even some of the scriptures that came alive to me at that time, I find that um, those are the scriptures that, that takes me to those places in God 
um, that allows me to see things, that allows me to move in certain directions, that allows me to really understand uh, the word I have uh, for the body of Christ. See, God, and when, and when, when God has given you a God-given word, that word is to be shared. See, but guess what? Only you can share it. Because it's only you that have that experience with that. It's only you that have that uh, emotional tie, that, that, that anchoring, you know, because that word will anchor you. Um, it will anchor you, and you'll find yourself going back to that, to that word. You know, uh, one of the words, like years ago, I think I was in Charlotte maybe, I don't know, maybe I think maybe two or three years at that particular time. Well, at that particular time, I, um, I had a business, and at that particular time, I was doing investments, and um, the implosion happened with the housing and, and, the, uh, and the, um, the market. Everything just crashed. Um, and so I had to go get a job. I was like, I got to go get a job. So I went to work for uh, this company, this insurance company, and I was, I was paying child support at that time, right? And they were taking the money uh, from, from my check. And, uh, and I heard that it had a warrant against me. Now, I'm in, I'm in North Carolina, from South Carolina, and I'm hearing that they got a warrant against me. So now that means if I'm riding around in North Carolina or wherever, say I travel to California, and if I got a warrant on me, they're going to pick me up and take me back to South Carolina. So I was like, oh, my God, you know, I got a warrant. I was like, they're taking the money. So, but um, what God ministered to me at that time, um, the heart of the king is in my hand. Now, I don't know how many of y'all ever been to court, but the judge has absolute authority in court. Absolutely, absolutely authority. He can do what he wanted to do. And the way... Um, I decided twice I was just going to go and face it. And I was giving advice, no, don't go yet. By man of God, don't go yet. So uh, when it was time, I went there. And when I went there, I was just so amazed. The judge was like, you're a good guy, this, this, and this. We're going to just wipe this out. And I was like, man, I went through about a year of, tor <laughs> of torturing myself. And when I got there, God was there. And it made God so real to me in that instance that the heart of the king is in my, in, in my hand. So that's one of the scriptures that when I'm going through a rough time or, or something's being, I'm being tried or something, I look at God is still in control. He's still in control. I saw everybody that day I was in court go to jail except for me. He was sending them all to jail. I was like, Lord. And, then, and I don't know if y'all, you know, anyway, if you've ever been on child support, if you get behind, they give you a year and a day. And they give you a year and a day to make sure that you don't go to the detention center. You go to the real jail. That's for that extra day. Because you can only spend a year in the detention center. So that became so real to me that, about God moving in my life and what he wanted to do in my life. And that, that just became an anchor point because we have, we all go through life experiences that give us anchor points in God, you know, uh, uh, take us out in, in another word, take us to the cross, that place where, where we are anchored, you know, where we realize 
God is doing this thing. And he did it like David. He, he, um, he was with me with the lion and with the bear. He's going to be with me with Goliath. And we all have to have those times in our lives where that God-given word speaks to our heart and we anchor it. We anchor our movements, you know. We anchor it. That's that point of reference that we can go back to and say, God, I know, you know. Or as, as they're saying these days, uh, but God, you know, that, hey, I know that you can do it. I know that you can deliver me. I know you can bring me through. Uh, the other week I had a situation where, See, a lot of times things come and you're tempted to do something else. So I had a situation where I was, um, I was needing some extra money for something. And I was about to, you know, hold everything tight. And God said, no, no, you can't do that. You have to release, you know, you have to release. And I said, you know, God, I know I'm your child. I know you got me. Let's move forward, you know. And so those times come in our lives that we have to realize. I know I, I talked about a message on uh, and fast week about knowing who we are in God. And, and not only knowing who we are, but what God thinks about us as well. That's something that we have to settle in our lives. And those are God-given words that we have to settle that God, I'm yours, and I know how you feel about me. I know that I'm your beloved. I know that I'm precious in your sight. I know that you've given me all things, Lord. And so with that, I'm just going to believe you because I know, as we say in this church, uh, your plans are better than my plans. And the way you do things is a lot better than the way I would do them. So as we hold on to that God-given word, we take on the mind of Christ and we move forward in that thing that God has for us. Amen? Amen. All right. Is, um, is there anybody online have any uh, questions or comments? You know, and when I was writing this uh, sermon out, there's an old song came to me. I don't know if y'all have heard it goes like this. I want to be more and more like Jesus each day. I want to be more and more like him. I want to be more and more like Jesus each day. I want to be more and more like him. And that's my prayer. Be more. Uh huh, Mora. It's an old song. Mora. Yeah. Yeah, Mora. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Anybody online? Uh, anybody here first? Anybody have any comments, any questions?